How much time do you want for your progress? progress. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Clatter Chatter on Things That Matter, the podcast that is intellectually engaging, theologically reflecting, encouraging sociologically, imagining ways in which we can live. Thank you for spending this short amount of time with us. We promise you that you will not regret a moment of it. Shout out to Trevor Smith and B.J. Herbert for commissioning this fantastic music to get our minds going on things eternal, positive, and fulfilling life's purposes. Well, Dr. Hayes, today is an historic day. Thursday, April the 7th, 2021, we witnessed history. 2022, Lord have mercy. Don't let me go back to 2021. Let me start again. Today, a moment in history. Thursday, April the 7th, 2021. 22, the year of our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ, we witnessed a 5347 vote to confirm the honorable justice to the Supreme Court of the United States of America. Judge Katanji. Blackity black brown Jackson. Hallelujah. <laughs> Blackity black brown. <laughs> I cannot help but think about my feminist woman as daddy, who is with the ancestors, who was so excited to have a woman pastor. And that was Reverend Susan Johnson Williams. He loved her as his pastor and to have a daughter serving in the ministry whom he said when I was in the third grade, a woman, a girl can be whatever she wants to be. And now we are living in this moment to see a black woman as the president of the United States Senate, Vice President Kamala Harris reading the votes, and smiling with all the heaviness of the greater cloud of witnesses that included Harriet Tubman, Sojourner Truth, Mary McLeod Bethune, Dorothy I. Height, Mary Church Terrell, who Mary Church Terrell filed the last lawsuit of the District of Columbia when she was 82 years old. Right before she died in in the 1960s for discriminatory practices of black folks not being able to eat in the District of Columbia. And on today, April the 7th, 2022, a justice that embodies black womanhood, a justice who will stand and raise a consciousness as Sandra Day O'Connor said Thurgood Marshall did. It wasn't that Thurgood Marshall influenced their vote, 
But it was that he allowed them to think on these wise in another way. Oh, I can't wait. Hallelujah. For this sister girl who 51 years old, my generation, to raise the consciousness of justices who might be so far removed. The mantle is on her shoulder, and we lift her up today. And she stands with our ancestors witnessing. I know Frankie Muse Freeman, who was part of the Lyndon B. Johnson administration, 14th National President of my sorority. I know the Honorable Frankie Muse Freeman is just cheering because she couldn't last during the Trump administration. She got her wings on in January of 2016, right before, right before the infamous election that turned the tide. A lot of our civil rights giants had to get on and go to glory to help trouble the waters <laughs> on this earth because they knew it was coming. So we got the weight of that and the energy. Okay, Dr. Hayes, I don't mean to get all excited. We ain't had a conversation in a long time, so today was the day that we were supposed to talk. Come on. It's a day to be excited. And it, it's sad, it's sad in one sense because it's still the one and only, but it's it's worth celebrating because uh, it means that we're still in in the fight, so to speak. Mm-hmm. We're still in the running. And we have to run the race with patience. We hate that, that we have to run with patience. But what Patience means is endurance. We just have to keep on keeping on. We have to keep pressing against the naysayers and those who are so full of negativity. And I like what you said about uh, Sandra Day O'Connor and and, uh, Thurgood Marshall and Hope, the whole idea of influencing the thinking of people who have not had the experiences that another group may have had. How it opens up the mind to recognize that there are some things that are outside of your experience that you can only come to understand vicariously. But the vicarious journey is still worth having because it also opens up your heart. When we can open someone's mind, we can open someone's heart. And that's what we need in this day and time where the heartless Republicans could not even bear to stay and respect the result. You don't have to like it, but respect the result of the vote to confirm Judge Jackson's uh, appointment to the Supreme Court. That's, and this is this is what we have to combat. And we're living in an age where just general respect is so lacking, and it's a dangerous thing because when we lose respect for one another, we'll do anything to each other. And I'm awfully afraid that we're on the precipice 
of, of a day and age when there will be major disrespect among human beings. And we see it in uh, Ukraine, utter disrespect for human beings to kill civilians who are not even engaged in battle. That's major disrespect for humankind. And somebody has to be brought to justice for these heinous acts of evil. And that's what it is, it's evil. And, uh, and I'm glad that the, the, the senators were called out for their behavior. Rand Paul, he couldn't even get their own time. When he came, he came in, in unprofessional apparel. But it'll come back. It'll come back. And uh, I think it's important for us to continue to call it out. Otherwise, it will continue to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger if we don't hold people accountable, accountable for their behavior, for their attitudes. I totally agree. And I think about, you know, so much is running through my head in terms of R-E-S-P-E-C-T. That's what it means to me, respect. So um, I, I just, I think about ageism. I think about what this what this means. So so and the respect of our elders. Yet for the elders to respect a new generation coming forth, and that why do we have to wait to somebody is in their fifties before we realize that you know what they can do the work? And I think that's endemic of an ethos in this country that we don't age well, right? That we we want to hold on to our position. And our perception of power to where rather than mentoring others to, uh, as Elijah did to Elisha, pass that mantle on to torch, to teach, to train, etc. But but that, so there's one issue because we know we got a, a Mitch McConnell who who is wearing his age. You know, he looks every bit of an octogenarian. But yet there, there is not any time to mentor another generation to come forward, to even maintain his institutional memory. And then I think about, so that, that's on the one hand, and then I think about uh, ableness, being able-bodied. That's a, that's a, that is a misnomer, you know, um, in, in so many ways. So there's no respect for that different abilities to do different things. Not everybody can do everything and be all in all. So we have that front as well. Um, but then I think about this whole idea of um, when do you know it's okay for you to be a, a sage, to be the repository of wisdom and to undergird and to support and, and, I know it's an issue and it's a struggle with finitude, you know, looking at the legacy of whatever that we are. But this whole idea, Putin is not a young man, but the president of Ukraine presents himself as a younger gentleman. And so he's able to be in the fields with his constituents. He's out there with his boots. He's a literal commander in chief. But the beautiful imagery that I saw, of an old man, President Biden, old white man, so old the back of his hair. We call it a kitchen 
back in the side where I come from, his kitchen is off his neck. His kitchen looked like the living room. <laughs> you know, you can, you can sit down in there and watch the confirmation. His kitchen off his neck. But what I'm saying though is this. I'm just speaking the truth. I can't help who I is. I'm from a country. We, you know what a kitchen is. But anyway, but, but, but this general, this new generation, this woman who could be his daughter, the age of his son, you know, here he is understanding. That this is what democracy, this is what this country is. He he appointed intentionally Kamala Harris to run as his running mate. I don't know what kind of Holy Ghost was cooking in his soul, but something is wrestling in this, this old white man. This old white man who represents the institution. It's almost like when the convergence of the law and the prophets with Elijah and Moses on that Mount of Transfiguration and they landed, that, that, that convergence landed on Jesus, that transformation that he both represents the law and the prophets. That you got him that's the embodiment of all of God's justice and God's actions in this world. And here we have this man converging that this is what Lady Liberty looks like. It looks like this black woman upon whose backs we wouldn't have a country for real because this black woman's embodiment of what it meant to be raped by the master but yet have the moral courage to keep on keeping on who had to nurse at the expense of our own children, the master's child. That's what they call a sugar tit. You know what I'm saying? She had to give her child a sugar tit and use her breast to nurture the master's child. And I mean, it becomes deep when you think about this convergence of what this history is, notwithstanding that the motherland is Africa, undisputed. So it becomes kind of this as a sociologist. And a, and a woman is theologian who believes that God's every image is she personified as the wisdom of God, the Sophia of God. And to see this revelation in this moment in time, Dr. Hayes, I'm about to jump out of my skin and try to get back and habit it again because I feel like I have gone up to the seventh heaven as Paul had said that I'm witnessing both part of history and the present reality is an interesting apex, as you say, a precipice of, of what could be and what was and what is now and forever will be. And I think that's what's scary. And one day our institution of the church will follow suit. I pray one day we don't have to have any more first or the one and the only in anything. And I see that as embodied in generation Z and generation alpha who are coming along, who don't understand these systems of oppression, but are navigating with their full embodiment of their agency and their holy power because they see themselves as embodiment of the invisible God who created all and all. It's so deep, Dr. Hayes, I don't even know what to say. I think we're, we're ex- experiencing and witnessing uh, a, a very clear God movement. Uh, and I don't mean movement in the sense of, of uh, organized action. I see a spiritual movement 
that God, in a certain place and time, God will act and begin to move forward that spiritual army, which only the blessed can see. I'm reminded of the story in the Bible. And I don't know who the characters were, but I just remember that there didn't seem to be enough soldiers on the field. And God exclaimed, but I I have an army <laughs> that's not visible to the naked eye. And when I finish doing what I'm doing and you see the result of it, you will know that there was enough muscle there. There was enough sinew there to bring about the change that God wants to see. So I see God selecting certain personalities to move God's plan forward. And in spite of all of the naysayers, which provide a a backdrop of darkness, we see the lights begin to flicker. A light over here, a light over there, a light back there, a light up there. And all of a sudden, the whole picture is illuminated. And you can see what God had in mind. It reminds me, too, of this whole uh, story, unwinding story of Jesus on his way to Calvary. Mm. And Jesus moving from Calvary to the tomb and from the tomb to the town of Galilee and from Galilee to the upper atmosphere. That nothing the greater world expected would happen was what happened. But it was the God plan that was carried out and manifested. And to those who were able to see it, you could exclaim again, God does have an army that can win the battle. And that if we stay on the mountaintop where the air is clear and the vision is apparent. We too can see it. We can see what God is doing. Ooh, Dr. Hayes, I'm so full. We're going to have to do another podcast. We're going to have to continue this conversation because it is so rich and it's so important to not diminish the power of a transcendent reality who moves just like the wind is blowing right now, wherever it would go and whatever it would do. And a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years, but one day, as they used to say in the Church of God in Christ, Miss Willie Mae Poy used to tell me, it don't take God long. It used to, she used to say, it used to take, seemed like when I was a kid, it used to take God a long time, but, but she called me baby gal. Baby gal, it don't take God long. It don't take God long. It ain't taking God long is what, it, what I used to think. Hey, <laughs> watch. Don't yes, get when God gets ready to move. Woo. You better move. You better move. You better move because it's swift. If it only took God six days to create three million 
galaxies that encompasses a whole universe. And Earth is just one little speck in the greatest constellation of a cosmic reality. Hallelujah. And that the cosmic Christ stepped on this earth to embody for the earthlings what God's intentionality for God's created order. Oh my gosh. 47 days ago when President Biden mentioned the name and this seventh day of the fourth month, what you say? Fourth month and seventh day, 47 days ago. Don't take God long. Don't take God long to do anything. And, and here's what, as you were talking, this is what I wanted to say. And, and uh, you know, God sees the hearts. And I pray that however the heart is of those who are stoned, of the 47, because undisputed, you could not dismiss the woman's credentials. She was more than qualified. As a matter of fact, probably overqualified than most of the ones on the bench, but that's the story of black folks. But here's what, what reminds me. It's an old hymn. And you know, in the black church, we could tear him up. It would last longer than what the, the frames were. But this is the word that I want to say. There are some things I may not know. There are some places I can't go, but I am sure of this one thing. Yes, God is real, for I can feel him in my soul. I can feel him in my heart. I can feel him when I walk, when I talk. You just can't see the move of God, but you can witness it. <laughs> you can't see it, but you can show enough witness to it. Hallelujah. You can't see it, but you can bear witness to the move of God. And only those with eyes to see. The revelation. Everybody can't see it. They might testify that they have seen it. But it's in the walk. It's in the talk. It's in the representation. Of the kingdom of grace. And I don't care. You can vote against it all you want to. Because you can't see. What's inevitable. Or maybe you can. Because you know the Satan. Can be used to test people too. <laughs> and maybe that's the revelation. But today. Come on Dr. Hayes. End it for us. Because I feel a shout. Today is the day that. We saw a glimpse. Of glory. Which is enough to take us. To the next level. Of whatever God has in store. We've seen enough to know that God is still able. God is able and God is willing to do what no earthly power can do. 
I want to keep my eyes open because I don't want to miss it. Hmm. Amen. All right. It has been a privilege, a pleasure, and an honor to have you join in with us today. Remember that everything will be all right until we meet again. Stay safe and well.